much. It's my pleasure to be here and have the opportunity to address you briefly and uh, hope we can have uh, some question and answers. I have much more fun during the question and answers than in any formal presentation. Now, most of you, when you he hear about economics, you think of the stock market, inflation, and those questions. And of course, economists do very imperfectly deal with, with those issues. But never ask an economist for a tip on the stock market. Uh, if they were much better at it, we'd be a lot richer than we are, uh, uh, most of us. When I came into economics, uh, that was basically what economists did. But along with a, a number of other people of my generation, we, we tried to get economists and others to think of economics in a much broader way, as using the approach of economics, which stresses incentives, how people respond to incentives, to deal with a much wider variety of issues. So my doctoral dissertation dealt with the economics of racial discrimination. I subsequently worked on what's called human capital, and I'll come back to that, which deals with education and training, investments in health, and other uh, effects on the individual. I've dealt with the economics of crime, crime and punishment. What are the social costs of crime and how do we deter and reduce crime, a major social problem in most countries of the world? The family, uh, how, how many children people have, whether they ma marry, when they marry, and divorce. Issues you wouldn't think of an economist, but the approach of economists that people are kind of looking out for their self-interest broadly and flexibly defined and making their decisions uh, in this light. I think is very applicable to the family. And in recent years, I've worked on issues like addiction to people, to drugs, to smoking, to alcohol, and a bunch of those issues. Now, what I'd like to speak more today about, however, is the area of human capital. Human capital deals with education and training, investments in people's health. It's called capital because when one goes to school, as uh, many of you are in, uh, seniors in high school and will go on to colleges and universities, uh, you are learning and, uh, and learning that will stay with you for the most part throughout your lifetime. So it, it's, it's a capital item as economists think of capital, something that's long lived, stay with you for a long time. Now obviously it's human because it's associated with the human being. It's part of me. I cannot separate myself from my education and training. Now, the reason human capital is so important in the modern economy is that modern economies are based on knowledge and information. How well an individual does, and indeed how well an economy does in the modern world, depends upon how much they can command and effectively use knowledge and information. So modern economies are fundamentally centered around individuals, not around machinery, although of course machinery is important and essential, but around individuals. And economies are effective when they effectively make use of their people. People are the center of a modern economy. And economies fail when they waste the great deal of talents that reside in any population 
and in any, any group of individuals. So if you look at the United States economy, uh, we probably, 75% of all the capital in our economy is not in the form of machinery and plant, however important they are, and they surely are, but are in the form of people in the education and training and skills of the people. And economies that are successful make good use of their people. And economies that fail, uh, fail at actively and successfully utilizing the skills of their people. Let me give you one more extended application of these concepts to an economy that was in part failing in using the talents of its population and has been trying to turn that round with an interesting policy uh, partly depend upon the work of uh, people, economists, in the area of human capital. There's a program in Mexico called Progresa which en enrolls several million poor rural families. Now prior to this program, children, boys and girls, in these families generally dropped out of school after a few years, and especially the girls. The boys went to work in farms, and the girls went to work in households. A few years ago, the Mexican government, prompted by some of us in, working in this area, uh, decided to take a new approach. It already had compulsory schooling, but most of the poor families in these areas ignored these laws the small amount of income that their children could bring in, and it was very small indeed. But for these families, it was very significant. It was maybe 30% of their monthly income. And so while they cared, I believe, as much about their children as wealthier parents in Mexico or in the United States, they felt they couldn't really afford to keep them in school any longer. And therefore, the futures of their children were being very adversely affected. They got very little training and even less education. A few years ago, Mexico started an ingenious program. Instead, it said, instead of sort of trying to force these parents to keep their children in school, let's use the incentive mechanism that you economists talk about, and we'll try to, quote, bribe the parents into keeping their children in school. And so what they did is they offered each of these uh, very poor parents a certain amount of money each month if their children attended school and if they also attended health checkups and health clinics because health and education productivity are very closely related, particularly among poor populations. Seemed like a small amount. They were offering on the average each family about $30 a month. But that was about 30% of the family income, so it was a large amount. And what happened? We've had a number of evaluations of this program. In a few years, we have seen a significant increase in the enrollments of these young people in school, so now continuing through elementary school and going on to secondary school. And especially for girls, because they had the ingenious ideas that since these poor families generally uh, drop their daughters out of school at earlier ages than their sons, they'd give a little bit extra premium for the, uh, for the daughters. And this little amount, again, incentives are powerful. It had the effect 
of bringing up girls now to about the same educational levels in these poor families as boys. So this program has been remarkably successful, a way using the carrot, so to speak, rather than the stick, payment rather than force, to overcome, at least in part, a major problem faced uh, by Mexico in its poor areas, this was mainly in the South, namely the low educational enrollments of their children. Well, this is one example of many I can give of the importance of using appropriate incentives in the area of human capital uh, throughout uh, the world, not only here in the United States and Mexico, but every region, every country of the world. My time is up, and I hope we have, a, uh, we have some questions. I'll be glad to try to answer some questions if anybody has any.